0: So although the uh, first folio and the others have been here since 1973 and um you know it we've had a very fulsome catalog record for it all this time and it's been displayed and discussed over the years many times um it was really when um when the first folio was on loan to Stratford that I started thinking more deeply about it in terms of its actual provenance and so on and it was because Um, Janet Dewan and Barbara Tangney, who were there in Stratford with me, we started talking about some of the questions that came up. Um, You know, for instance, we had questions about the title page. So our copy does have a facsimile title page, as do many, many other copies. In fact, there are very few complete copies of the first folio in existence, even in the Folgers collections. Um, so that and other things, and, um, and Janet uh, started looking into it. And so it's been quite an intensive process the last uh, year and a half or so. Um, so although the broad outlines of the history of our copy are, you know, have not really changed, we have a lot more detail. Um, and we've definitely made some real strides in terms of, uh, so for instance, the first owner that we know about, John Lloyd, we've identified him now. Um, And we've um, been able to even uh, take a look at his will. So there are no books mentioned in his will at all, which isn't surprising because at that time, so he died in 1740, the first folio wasn't really that important a book. Then there's a long gap in the history of our copy until it reappears in a Sotheby's sale in 1883. So we still don't know how it got from John Lloyd to the Drake family, um, and it would be nice to know a little bit more about the history of the Drake um, library or the various Drake libraries. Um, so there's always still going to be work to do. but So it reappears in the Sotheby's sale um, without a title page at that time. And then Quaritch bought it, so Sotheby's I think sold it for £100. Courage bought it and immediately put it into one of his catalogs for 150 pounds, and then uh, about a year later, again in another Courage catalog, it's up to 300 pounds now. But it's got a title page, <laughs> so that whole story is is much more fleshed out than it than it was originally. Um, and then it uh, so then it was sold to uh, it went to the ni- United States at that time. And it went through a lot of different hands in the States in a very sort of short period of time. And that is in itself is interesting because that was the period when huge numbers of copies of the first folio were moving from uh, Europe and particularly, of course, from Britain to the United States as these great American collectors started putting together their their libraries. Um, So, you know, went through quite a few hands until... um, somehow and we don't have that very first piece of the of the story but I think what must have happened is that Fisher's agent in London Colonel Pettigrew somehow got wind of the fact that there was a set so to speak of the of the four folios available and that's when we have Sydney Fisher's telegram to Pettigrew saying please send full particulars <laughs> and he was clearly very excited about it so that was I think in April and by June he already had the books in Montreal mm. So it's quite astonishing how, how quickly that happened. And he bought at just the right time. Prices were, were low during the 50s, lower than in the, I think, even in the 30s and 40s. And so he was able to get a set of four Shakespeare folios, which we are, as I have to keep saying, so fortunate to have here in Fisher.